Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know what time it is. You know where you are. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And guys, I got a good one for you this week. And this is something that's happening a lot these days. I'm hearing a lot of folks that are sleeping at the switch a little bit, not getting your offers out in time. Maybe you're even getting involved in bidding wars, and you're losing the bidding wars. And before we get too deep in the episode, I want to start by changing your mindset a little bit on that. Understand this. If you're in a bidding war and you lose, that doesn't mean you're the loser. That means you're the winner because, frankly, that means that you did not get forced to be the highest paying person for the property. And somebody else got stuck with a questionable investment. You may think you may have gotten a lot of profit in the deal, but realistically, a lot of these bidding wars will wipe out a lot of your profits because, you know, we get emotional. We get excited. We want to grab it while we can, and we don't want to lose it. We don't want someone to take it away from us. So we wind up getting stuck with buyer's remorse or feeling bad about what we did. We overpaid for the property. Maybe it even won't appraise. And if that's the case, maybe that's a blessing in disguise that doesn't appraise. Bottom line is bidding wars are never good unless you're the guy selling or girl selling. Then, of course, I suppose they're good. But otherwise, if you're on the buying end, don't get stuck in these bidding wars. Don't let the wholesalers and the brokers and everybody else try to talk you into pulling the trigger on something at a price where you know you're not going to make money with it. If you're a rehabber, well, you know, a lot of folks will say, well, I'll make it up on the other end. No, you won't because depending on how long you take to rehab it, it's quite possible the market could shift and the prices could start spiraling downward. What's going to make that determination really is how much inventory is, two things really, how much inventory is in the marketplace at the time you're ready to sell and what they're doing as far as bank loans. Here's what I mean by that. And I don't want to go too deep into it, but right now it's still relatively easy to get a mortgage on a property, but that's going to change. Banks are making it a little tougher to get a mortgage. They're being a little more strict, a little more stringent. They're preparing what for what everybody knows is coming, aka the recession. On the other side, there is a looming foreclosure and eviction crisis. And we all know this because there's a moratorium on most foreclosures and evictions. I say most because it does not apply to all of them. However, at some point, all this excess inventory, all these foreclosed houses are going to have to hit the market because the people that own them either are going to need to sell them or the banks wind up have foreclosing on them are going to need to sell them. When they do that, the market value, when there's when there's increased inventory, will start to drop. That's what's one of the things that triggers a loss. What a lot of folks are doing right now, and this even applies to big ticket items, by the way, I'm in the market for a boat, looking for a, a small little bay boat type of thing to run out to the reef and that type of thing. Cause I'm finding out that the wave runner is the, the, for whatever reason, the Florida keys is not wave runner friendly. They don't let you fill up at the fuel docks. They don't let you ride here, there, or all, all these different places. And that's because folks from out of town come down here and the wave runners, they drive around and act a fool. And of course they impose rules on everybody, including those that do play by the rules. Anyway, Folks are paying top dollar for everything. I was at a boat yard the other day. I was walking around and the guy had this boat on the market and he was in the dealer and he says it's $15,900. I said, okay, that's great. So I looked up the Kelly Blue Book on it, the NADA value on the boat and on the motor and the trailer. And they have this cool little feature where you can throw together the, the all the options it has, the boat, the trailer, the motor, all that. Gives you an idea of what retail price should be. Well, retail price on the package was 10600 That was average retail. Dude's got it listed at fifteen nine. So I said to him, Help me understand what about this boat justifies me paying $5,000 over uh, average retail price. Well, he didn't have an answer for that. So needless to say, I didn't make the purchase because I'm simply not going to get fleeced because I'm not the guy that's desperate for a boat. When the right boat comes at the right price, then I'll get one. That said, I'm also a cash buyer. So I'm not sitting there panicking that I'm going to lose the credit line that I might be using to finance this doodad, which is really what it is, is a doodad. I'm not in a big rush. I'm not a super motivated buyer. When the price is right, the value is right, then I'll pull the trigger. But I'm a minority I'm finding out. There's a lot of folks out there that got lines of credit or that maybe they took a second mortgage on their home, a home equity line, whatever you call it. 
and they're thinking that if they don't use it, they're going to lose it. And that's actual, actually true. I heard uh, today that one of my students said that Chase Bank pulled back one of her lines of credit because she wasn't using it. It had zero balance and the banks want to reduce their exposure from risk. And that what they don't want is people to panic in a financial crisis, run out and take on a bunch of debt and then not be able to pay it. So what the banks do to help protect themselves is they reduce or eliminate lines of credit in a lot of cases. Ones that aren't being used, haven't been used in a long time. What you'll see in coming months and maybe the next year or so is a lot of these credit cards and whatnot. If your credit card is uh, not being used, you might they might shut off the line of credit because they're concerned about their exposure. They don't want to put themselves out there if we're going to have a global economic collapse, which is highly likely based on all the factors that are going on right now. So when you see banks and credit lines, and mortgagers and whatnot starting to do this, it makes you start perking up and paying attention what's going on, right? They're watching things a lot closer than the average American because they're not spending a lot of time on Fox News and CNN. They're studying world financial markets and they're paying attention to what is going on in the marketplace, what's really going on in the marketplace. So I wouldn't want a line of credit or things like that to cause you or fear of loss of such to cause you to go out and make a purchase that you're going to regret later, okay? Um, there's a, The news is starting to talk now about the second wave of coronavirus, and that freaks people out. That can mean that you maybe we're going to get locked down again. Joe Biden has said that if he becomes president and the coronavirus is not passed, that we're absolutely going to get locked down again. He said it flat out. Uh, so people are scared about that. And a lot of people found out where they live now. They didn't enjoy so much being locked down there. So there's a probably a good number of people that are looking for a new place to be locked down when Joe, when or if uh, Biden becomes president. That's kind of terrifying if you think about it. Um, many of it, when news outlets are starting to get wind and starting to report, since there's obvious indicators waving flags, they're finally starting to pick up the story and run it about the looming eviction and foreclosure crisis. Okay, and that's going to have a big role in our crashing economy. Understand that. You've got a lot of properties, that, a lot of tenants that aren't paying their rent. Not just residential guys. It's also commercial. Commercial tenants not paying their rents. Big box stores not paying their rents. What happens? It all trickles downhill. So if Home Depot doesn't pay their rent payment, well, the guy that owns the plaza or the company that owns the plaza where Home Depot is, it's not Home Depot. It's somebody else that owns that building, that real estate. They can't make their bills and they can't make their payroll and they can't make their payroll. The people that are on their payroll can't pay their bills. And you can see how this tends to spiral out of control. And that's part of the downside, guys, of having a job. I don't want to get too far off the topic then. If you if you are relying on your employer to pay you, who's to say that your employer will be able to be compensated during this downturn to in turn compensate you. So there's a lot of different factors going on right now that are making people think, man, I better strike while the iron's, iron's hot and I better buy just to buy to have something before they take it away from me. And I caution you from getting sucked into that. Okay. I caution you when you start getting pressure, when the real estate broker, the wholesaler is telling you, you better act now because I got five other offers coming in. Yada, yada, yada. I'm hearing a lot of that right now, people saying that. And in a lot of cases, it's true, but in some cases, it's not true. So first of all, I would question that. You know, I wouldn't, and you do it to yourself, question it to yourself to say, you know, I'm not sure I believe that. But ask yourself this question. What's going to happen if you don't buy this thing? Is the world going to come to an end? Larry Harbold teaches that. If you, is the world going to come to an end if you don't buy this house, this duplex, this town and unit apartment building, if I don't get in on this deal, I'm never going to make money again? No, it's absolutely not true. You're not going to die if you don't pull the trigger and spend the money now. If you lose the credit line because you didn't use it, that's okay. And actually, that's probably a blessing in disguise. That's an absolute blessing in disguise because then you'll be less likely to go use it, especially if you're not the type of person that has good financial discipline. This could be a blessing in disguise. And for that matter, maybe you should call the bank and give it back to them. Even if you are financially disciplined, 
Who knows what the future will hold economically and why put yourself out there for the temptation to get into taking on bad debt, right? That means borrowing money that is not specifically used to make more money. We, we, the one way we can eliminate all these pressures, especially when it comes to real estate, is to be buying directly from the source. And in my case, the dealer, the boat dealer the other day, I went to look at the boat, was putting pressure on me, uh, trying to make it, you know, you got to act now. It's a Boston whaler and these don't last. And as soon as they come in, they go out. And I, you know, I had to say, this thing's been here for a month. I've been seeing it out front for a month. Why hasn't it sold? Well, he didn't have an answer for that. Why is it priced four or $5,000 over average retail in the blue book? That's, a, that's over retail, right? Not over wholesale, over retail. What makes this boat worth more than retail or for that matter, retail? Because the worst thing that can happen to anybody selling vehicles, boats, things like that is, is having to carry inventory. Because understand that renting real estate to park things on is not cheap. So if he's got, and this place happens to have, a lot that is slam full of boats. There's a boat every six inches on this lot, which means they're not selling much because they're not moving much inventory. It's the same inventory they've had for the last couple months. Well, that's not good, right? So they're hoping that somebody, but here's the thing. They try to make it easy to buy. The guy offered me financing like 15 times. He's like, we could finance this. Zero money down. I'm like, I don't need financing, dude. I'm going to pay cash. He's like, oh, why pay cash and you could finance it? And I'm like, I'm not going to get into it with you, really, this conversation. I just want to, I want a boat and I want a certain type of boat and I want it at a certain price. And if that doesn't happen, I'll wait it out because that's the type of buyer I am. That's the mindset I'm in. I'm not going to sit there and try to convince you that I've never been an impulse buyer. I certainly have, which is why years ago, my credit report looked like more like an IQ report. It was not good. Now, once I pulled my head out of my ass and I got my act together and I started being financially disciplined, it's amazing how quick I was able to get out of the rat race. I digress. So guys, the most practical way, in my opinion, to avoid being outbid when you buy anything is to simply buy what's not for sale. In other words, instead of going out and buying from off the shelf, buying from a realtor, buying from a wholesaler, no such thing as off market. I did a whole episode on off market is a lie because it absolutely is a lie. If it's for sale, you're not the only person that knows about it. But when you're sitting at the kitchen table, when you're talking to the seller direct, if I'm over there on Craigslist buying from the guy that is selling the boat himself, who really wants to get out of his yard because his wife's yelling at him about him having to mow around it all the time, that's a motivated seller. If he needs the money for something else, that's a motivated seller. So we're going to do much better buying in those those situations because we don't have any buying pressure. And let's use the boat guy as an analogy, right? The guy that's selling the boat on his own is probably not going to offer financing on that, right? He's going to want all cash. Well, most people are broke in the world these days. They don't keep the kind of cash laying around that they need to buy a boat. Well, when I decided I wanted a boat, I saved up for it. There's two ways that I could have bought a boat. It was to either, number one, buy a cash flowing asset that will pay for it. Or number two, save up the money to pay for it. So what I did is I saved up the money for a couple months so I have the cash to be able to pay for it. Now I don't have to take on any debt. That means I'm going to be a shrewd buyer because I'm spending my own money. And a lot of times when we're borrowing money to pay for things, guys, we're a little less shrewd. I don't know why that is because you still have to pay it back. Maybe some folks are going into it thinking that they don't have to pay it back, but I assure you, you do. But understand this, when you're seller direct, whether it be a boat, a house, whatever it may be, you're not going to have everybody leaning over your shoulder saying, hurry up by now, or trying to do the takeaway from you. All of that stress, all of that pain goes away. Then you're more clear. You can focus. So think about this. You're nervous about going to talk to a seller directly, but if the set wonders, but know that the seller is as nervous as you are. Number one. Okay. The real estate agent, especially if they're seasoned is not nervous. They're one step removed. It doesn't make a difference to them because there's 10 buyers behind you. But the seller, on the other hand, it was probably a painful experience getting it marketed and get, and having to feel all the phone calls from all the knuckleheads on Craigslist. So by the time you actually show up a warm life body and you actually have the money to do the deal, 
They don't know what to do with themselves. It puts you at an advantage as a buyer, I'm here to tell you, okay? And how do we do this? Well, we start by marketing to a specific audience that has a compelling need to sell. So maybe you put an ad out there and on Craigslist saying, a private party looking to buy a small home that needs work. Not we buy houses. Okay, guys, we buy house. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Everybody's saying we buy houses. How about being different? How about being an individual? How about applying a little bit of copywriting to the equation so that you can attract people instead of trying to beat them over the head? It actually actually works. Single mother of two or father of two looking for a, a home, has cash, can close quickly, call me, whatever. Okay, give it a shot. I bet you you'll probably get much farther than we buy houses because everybody knows we buy houses because they help. They're even putting in the, on the newspaper, the newspaper these days, last week's episode, or I'm sorry, the week before's episode was about um, the we buy houses thing and the wholesalers getting themselves in hot water up in Philly. Well, the article that talked about it specifically says the term we buy houses. So it's overused. So stop doing it. Well, the next question is how specifically can I get this done, Tyler? How do I get these sellers where I'm not dealing with a real estate agent, where I'm not dealing with a wholesaler, where I'm actually dealing with a motivated seller. That looks like this, expired listings. Expired listings mean one of two things. It's either, well, one of three things, actually. It's either overpriced, okay, that's why it didn't sell, and it expired, which is the incompetence of the real estate agent or the weakness of the agent to not educate the seller on what the price it would take to get it sold. Or it could mean that it's undermarketed because, let's be honest, most agents do not know how to market. Heck, wholesalers do a better job of marketing than realtors do, That's which it's hilarious. Or maybe it's improperly marketed. How many properties have you seen on Zillow? You want to see some improper marketing? Go on Zillow. Go on Realtor.com and scan through the listings. You'll see some that got really nice, beautifully well-done photographs and virtual tours and all this good stuff. Those are appealing. But you'll also see a large number of houses that were photographed with somebody's cell phone. And I don't mean that as a compliment to the cell phone. I mean done not well, like use the flip phone. Here, down here in the Keys, in the Florida Keys, where the average selling price for a house is $800,000, I would venture to tell you that 90% of the listings on the market for sale, the listing agent did not even bother to use a or a professional photographer for photographs. Blows me away. Now, guys, we're talking about a couple hundred bucks to really stand out as a professional, to make that property really stand out, to draw people in. And I've seen million-dollar mansions, and the photographs looked like they were taken from some 1989 uh, flip phone or something or other. It's unbelievable how terrible the marketing is. List pendants filings. Uh, here's a good, really good resource. Understand this, just because there's a foreclosure ban in place does not mean foreclosures aren't happening. There is a thing called a list pendants and a list pendants, that's two words, L-I-S-P-E-N-D-E-N-S. List pendants is the basically a notification that's done through the court system when a lender is beginning the foreclosure process. What its its intent is, is to notify anyone that wants to know that there's a pending legal action, okay? A pending legal action. You can search this information by going in your public records. Coming in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be giving you guys some specific tools that you can use to find this data so you can go get it yourself without having to depend on anybody else. Property tax delinquencies. Now, I don't mean the tax certificates or the tax deeds. Find people that are late on their property taxes. How do you do that? You go to your tax collector's office in the county in which you live or where you're working. Look for, call them and say, how do I find out who is behind on their taxes? Make sure you say it that way. Who is behind on their property taxes? You're not interested in tax deed sales. You're not interested in any of that because those properties have been out there for quite a while. Usually they've been late for over two years. Not to say there's not any marketing value there. There is, but I want you to get people when they just start to fall behind on taxes while nobody else has seen them yet, okay? Uh, change detection. That's a big one. Driving for dollars. Better yet, walking or biking for dollars. And by biking, I don't mean 
big, loud, obnoxious Harley, I mean, get on your Huffy and ride around on your banana seat looking for changes in your neighborhood, what's going on that's different in your neighborhood that will help you find people that are maybe considering selling because life isn't so good for them right now and maybe you can solve that problem. Eviction filing records, okay? This is the same thing. Just because people are not getting evicted right now because of the eviction bans does not mean that eviction cases are not being filed. They are absolutely being filed in court and all of this is available free of charge on the public records by going to your local court clerk. Call them on the phone, better yet. Put on some decent clothes, no holes in your pants, walk down there, shake hands, maybe not right now because of COVID-19, but have a conversation with them and ask them, how do I find out who is up for eviction in such and such county? And they will direct you to the information. Okay. Understand this. The best way to avoid being outbid is to situate yourself as the only available buyer, which eliminates the competition. Boys and girls, when you are the only game in town, or at least perceived to be the only game in town, I'm here to tell you, you will go a lot farther with the seller. You're not going to feel the pressure that someone's going to outbid you, that some shark is going to come in and offer 10 grand more than you, and then maybe not be able to close. It's going to mean that your marketing dollars are far better spent because your marketing is only getting put in front of people that are motivated to sell and are likely to call. There's nothing worse than wasting a bunch of time talking to unqualified people. Guys, have a great week. I'll catch up with you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.